0: good evening everyone this is corinne lafon your favorite radio host your only radio host and favorite girl of course broadcasting to you from the lovely island of trinidad and tobago on between the lines yes and you know i always start my show off being thankful or some people say grateful yeah i like to use the word thankful i prefer that there is a distinct difference i always say between grateful and thankful one comes from a sort of lack and one comes from an assuredness thankful comes from assuredness being grateful comes from neediness and lack the end result is really still sort of the same but it's always best to be assured than to come from a place of lack or need yeah so i prefer to use thankful so i am thankful to be here i'm thankful to Yes, see another day, hear the birds, you know, just be alive, be above ground. A lot of others can't say the same. And, you know, I am just thankful for whatever, whatever comes to me. I don't like to see things as good or bad. I I just see things as what's the lesson to be learned. Everything that's happening to me, around me, for me, about me, it's what's the lesson to be learned. What am I supposed to learn from this? Yes, and just open myself to the opportunity of learning that lesson yeah whether it's a personal lesson well it's always a personal lesson that I can teach someone else and we have with us today this beautiful woman yeah Barbara Harrison she's actually in South Africa that's why I love to do my show on Between the Lines I talk to people from all over the world and we're crossing time zones can you imagine you know I really we'll get into what's the time difference I think it's a it's It's a six or seven hour time difference, I think, between me and her. We'll find out what time. What time are you at now, Barbara? 7 p.m. in the evening. 7? 7 p.m.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so there's a six hour difference. I'm at one, well, just a bit after one. So we're six hours. That's not bad. Six hours isn't bad. Yeah? It's not bad at all. But the thing is that time difference allows us to talk now. It's not that I have to wait till then, or, you know, everything happens right now. Technology allows that. So let me tell you what, what was that, Barbara? I said amazing. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. So Barbara Harrison, as I said, in South Africa, we're going to be talking about a new normal. That might sound pretty strange to some of you. A new normal. Some may relate to the phrase, and you'll get to understand what we're talking about as we go along and certainly by the end of the episode, you will understand. And, and it's not a matter of what we want to push on you. It's what, where you are right now, what that meaning and what our conversation means to you. Because each person listening to this or will listen to this will have a different interpretation because it will have a new meaning to each person based on where you are. And I'm not meaning location. I'm meaning in your life the phase, the current situation in your life, what you may be thinking or going through in your life. So let me tell you a bit about Barbara, and then we jump right into it. So Barbara is a a lover of words and storytelling, sharing true-life events and works of fiction. She has a passion for invoking deep feelings through the written word. Many of the situations she has written about and continues to write about includes those from her own personal experiences and people close to her. No stranger to adversity, she cared for her late husband who suffered from melanoma cancer for 17 months before it took his life. So we're going to be sharing a bit about that, and that's why we say a new normal. So probably she was in a normal circumstance before or abnormal, we don't know. So she's going to be sharing that, what a new normal is. So welcome officially, Barbara, to Between the Lines. Thank you, Kareen. I'm delighted to be here. Lovely to meet you. I look forward to it. Of course, of course. And just in case you see a young man pass behind or near her, that's her lovely son. Yeah, as her, yes, as a little techie behind her, to support her. It's always good to have support. So just in case you see him show up, don't think it's just somebody just interrupting us. He's there for a reason. Yes? (laughs) Absolutely. He's there for a reason. Okay. So, yes. a new normal, Barbara. Yes. Tell me, tell me a bit about why you consider it a new normal right now. What, what, what was your life before uh, your, your husband, uh, well, you discovered, or both of you discovered that he had cancer, that, that you can term your life now after his passing? as a new normal, what was it before? So let's do a kind of before and after, before, during and after scenario, yeah?
1: Okay, so before my husband got ill, our normal was, um, we actually spent some time in America. Mm. My husband lived and worked there for 14 years in Port Charlotte in Florida. And we lived what we considered at the time to be a normal life, as if one can even call life normal. (laughs) But it was, acceptable. It was how people, you know, did things socially, work-wise. I did some traveling um, and everything in our lives was going along fairly smoothly until a melanoma was removed from my husband's arm in 2012. Mm. And after that, um, things kind of settled down, but were sort of simmering below the surface until 2014. He had a brain seizure ended up in hospital in the emergency room and they discovered that the cancer was stage four terminal. Wow. He had cannonball tumors in his lungs, three on his brain and one on his skin. And they gave him basically a year to live. Wow. So we decided from the point of view of support network, um, we needed a lot of help. We would go back to South Africa. And this is where my husband came to with me, back to our family. And he actually survived 17 months. So five months longer than the doctors had thought. Mm -hmm. But it was a time of suffering Mm. on his part. And for me, completely not realizing that it was having a major impact on my life. Mm. So I took care of him, but I didn't take care of me. And one would think that when when someone who is suffering passes and you no longer have that responsibility, that perhaps life would be easier. Mm -hmm. Initially, I think it might have been. Knowing that he was no longer suffering did bring me a certain amount of relief. Mm -hmm. But my life had changed completely. Um, I wasn't living where we had lived before in America. We had lost our home, our car. Our life said things. I had to live with family. Um, My whole circle of friends was gone. Hmm. So my life changed completely and now my husband was gone and never coming back. Hmm. So while I was glad he wasn't suffering, it had a huge impact on my life. Wow. I also didn't realize that the constant state of tension watching him suffer caused ill effects on my body and my mind, which actually led to me being quite ill after he had passed. And it's now been over three and a half years, nearly four, and if anybody had said to me then, you will be okay, I would not have believed them because it didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. But yes, there is a new normal. One has to be very, very patient. And if I can say, get all the help. You can.
0: Okay, let's go back a little bit. What is is melanoma? Just for those who don't Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. It's a type of skin cancer.
1: There are varying degrees of of melanoma cancer. If you catch it in the early stages, um, where it hasn't grown roots into the, the skin, it is possible to remove that melanoma and have no ill effects. I do know of people who have been fortunate enough to have that happen. Mm -hmm. However, by the time my husband went to have that mole that had turned funny colors um, checked, it was already a melanoma and it had grown two and a half centimeters into his arm. So the exterior looked small, Mm -hmm. but it was growing roots down into his body and melanoma spreads very, very easily. And unfortunately, even though they removed the visible tumor, Mm -hmm. There were still minuscule cancer cells that were flowing through his body.
0: So what does it look like, really, melanoma? Is it like you said a mole? I mean, a number of us have moles. I have some of them. But what made, made made you think it was cancerous? Okay, this one, strangely enough, I had just been watching a television program
1: when I saw changes in the mole on my husband's arm. Prior to the determining, ultimately, that it was a melanoma, it was like a little upside-down teardrop. Mm-hmm. And it was a light brown in colour, and he had had it for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And in December of 2010, I looked at this mole, and I noticed that it was no longer just flat and light brown. It was raised off the skin. It was now three different colours. It was the original, almost freckle colour, I would call it, then it was two shades of brown and, and it was bumpy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just looked at it and I said to him, I'm not happy with that mole. He said, It's always been there. And I said, No, but it's changed. Mm-hmm. And I was watching a program where if you see a change in a mole, have it checked. Yeah. And he said, No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> Another 18 months before he went to have it checked. Mm-hmm. and the reason that he went is because the mole had changed even more drastically
0: wow.
1: it more it bumpy it was now a purple color and it was bleeding whoa and he determined that was the time to have it checked mm-hmm. and it turned out at that stage i don't know which stage it became melanoma but by the time he
0: had it checked it was a melanoma wow wow is this something that's hereditary, or what is it? How does it start in the first place? I don't think melanoma itself is hereditary, but
1: some of the characteristics are that people you know, who get melanoma have. And one of them tends to be, and I don't want to speak you know, in, in terms where it is so, but it's possible for it to be so. Mm-hmm. Um, light eyes, fair skin, mm-hmm. light hair. My husband had um, blonde hair, Mm -hmm. um, light green eyes, and he had a very fair, freckled skin. And apparently those three things were not in his favor.
0: (laughs) Well, he couldn't do anything about it. He was
1: born that way. But he could have done better self-care in the sun. He loved the outdoors, loved being in the sun. And he could have, with those characteristics, pointing in the direction of possible skin cancer, gone for more regular checkups with a dermatologist. Oh,
0: so you find that persons who are white or lighter skin tend to yeah. have, because it's not the first time I've heard it. You know, yeah. they have to, be, have to be careful going out in the sun, especially as they age, they yeah. can develop cancer. Yeah. I, find, I find that very interesting. Is it because of the lack of pigmentation in the skin? look i don't know so much about the lack of pigmentation but i think it's
1: um some people tend to burn more easily okay yeah have a fairer skin you know some people will go in the sun and they will just get a bit darker or tanned some people go in the sun and get bright red quickly and burn and blister yeah and those skin are are definitely more prone to any type of
0: skin cancer I've seen people with burns it, it hurts it's very painful it hurts Horrible. that you can't really? yeah you can't touch it and the skin actually peels it you does yes wow that's amazing so so the change in your life i've been, i was listening to you sharing the story of the before and the, and a bit of the during and the after and um what what is interesting to me is your unawareness of of yourself, you were Mm. giving so much because you you now had to be put in a role or you were now placed in the role of caring for another human being, your husband in this case, that you did not know about Barbara. Barbara did not matter. Barbara's self-care and self-love did not matter. (laughs) It was all about him. Yes. You know, and, and the, the, whole thing about, the whole thing about losing of your friends, the car and everything. And so when, while you're during and you're consumed with the care you're, and you're forgetting all about you, that's one thing. But as you said, you thought it would have been better because now you don't have that responsibility. You feel, well, all righty then, life can go on. Hey, I don't have that. That's one less responsibility. Now I have time and you think you could easily transition, it was like, hold on, where, where is the money? Where is the house? Where is the car? Where are my friends? What? You know, it, it was like a shock. So you move from, from a shock of normalcy, quote unquote normalcy, you were living life, you went to the States, everything was going hunky-dory, and boom, cancer, and then yeah. boom, he, he was given a certain amount of time to live. And even though, thank God, he lived for five months more, but you end up being thrown into the deep end with the sharks and the whales. And then, boom, he passes on. And then, boom, what what the hell just happened? Can't I just? (laughs) You know, I find that whole journey, those phases interesting. And I say to myself, when things just abruptly happen in our lives, because there's nothing to really warn us, you know, Barbara, to say, well, here is the manual, you know, these are the steps, this is what you can expect. Um, yeah, yeah, there's no manual that sets out or a calendar that says, okay, on May 26th, this is what is going to happen. May 27th, be prepared, this is coming. There is nothing nothing to help you. Oh my no. God. Oh my God, Barbara. I want, I want to learn from you and I want our listeners to learn from you. For those who may be going through, it doesn't have to be cancer. It could yeah. be any sort of challenge, whether financial, spiritual, mental, it could be abuse, it could be unemployment, our job, or even just challenges on our job. It could be anything. Children, it could be anything. Where you live, it doesn't matter. Whatever it may be, what, can, what tips can you share with someone now after going through the before, during, and after? What would you say? Let's say you were preparing a manual now. Yeah? yeah. What, would you, what would you say to someone? To well, the first thing yeah. I would say
1: is get help. You yeah. don't know that you need it, And quite often, well, I certainly did. I went into like a little bubble. I went into a very tight personal space. Mm -hmm. I didn't want anybody in my space. I wanted to grieve on my own. Mm -hmm. But I knew it wasn't the rational thing to do, but I wasn't rational. (laughs) So if you can, get help. Mm -hmm. My hope would be that other people will see and they will offer help. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't just mean, you know, making a meal or giving a call and say, how are you doing? But check if that person actually needs counselling. Mm-hmm. I went for grief counselling. Mm-hmm. Um, that worked to a certain extent and I was very grateful. But then I thought I was okay. I yeah. thought I'm, I'm sorted now. I know what's happening with this grieving process. I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But then the problem got worse and worse because I had been so traumatized during the illness mm-hmm. and then in passing that I didn't realize how deeply it had affected me to the point that I, I required more than just a few sessions of grief counseling. Mm-hmm. I actually should have had some, some, some kind of psychiatric care. Mm-hmm. And I unfortunately didn't go in that direction because I wasn't thinking with my rational brain. In fact, when I saw the grief counselor, uh, you know, I said to her, I feel like I've got mushy brain, like it's (laughs) mashed up. And she said, It's actually a term. They call it mushy brain. You (laughs) don't rationally. Mm -hmm. What I did do, though, and what I believe has, has got me to the point of being able to sit here and have this interview with you and not be a wreck, is I did get medication. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I was having anxiety attacks, I was having nightmares, I was sleeping. So I managed to get to a doctor who at least after a period of time got me onto medication that got me onto an even keel. I did at that point think, I'm okay now because (laughs) my mother wanted me to get psychological um, assistance. Mm -hmm. But that rational part of my brain just wasn't kicking in. I, I, I look back now and think I should have done that. Mm. I think I could have coped better, mm-hmm. but I do. I do believe that a certain amount of medication, the right thing for the right person, can get you back on an even keel. Yeah, and then yeah. you can work on the other
0: things. You know, you said something that that triggered me there a while ago that I didn't ask about the grief. That, yes. that part just slipped me. So when you mention it, I I'm like, wow! I totally slipped that. I was just focused on. Just the whole journey you went through for getting that hold on your husband passed on. There must be grief, but I think what really happened is just like what happened to you. You just yeah. you just not thinking. You're, you're in a situation, and everybody sees you holding up, making decisions, talking in a lucid manner, looking quote unquote normal. So I'm not even thinking about grief. You know, just like how you're you you're here and you say grief. I'm like hold on, I didn't even ask Barbara about the grieving process because it's like you're telling everybody I'm fine, it's, it's yeah. all good it's all good, I'm fine you are holding up you're, you're waking up in the morning, you're dressing you're not putting on your clothes in an incorrect manner, you're brushing your teeth, you're cooking as normal, everything's just seemed normal until until there is a sort of hit me in the head, full force um realities if you want to call it yeah And you're like wait i'm here alone where's my husband you know i the the things the the conversations that i would normally have and you might even find yourself now that i'm thinking about it calling out his name because you normally would talk to him about something you know and you're like i'm like wait a minute i did not mention that to her and and you know people look at you and they say oh she's fine she's managing but a lot of things are happening deep down. And the, the concerning thing, Barbara, is that people don't want to accept. They live in such denial, you Oops. know, that that they need the help. So to yes. even reach the point of medication or when somebody says, you know, you need to go for counseling, you're grieving, you should go to counseling. You're going to reject that. You're going to reject it. Because what is the person saying to you? Are you crazy? I'm not crazy. <laughs> People who go to counseling are crazy people. I'm not crazy. Don't you see I'm making decisions, proper decisions. Don't you see I'm I'm doing well until everybody's gone. Everybody goes to their respective homes and you are alone in a silent house. And that's when
1: you fall apart. That's when you fall apart. When people are not looking and distracting you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because they are all distractions keeping you busy. But then when the silence hits, you're like, what (laughs) exactly
1: it's it's those moments that people don't see and therefore do not recognize and therefore do not understand that you need help because i think if somebody had said to me you need some counseling Mm -hmm. and taken me to have some counseling Mm -hmm. uh, or assisted me with making an appointment Mm -hmm. I, i probably would have gone Mm-hmm. But my brain was thinking so rationally that even making such a phone call was difficult. I didn't want to talk to somebody I didn't know. Yeah. And people don't realise in that grief process that um, all you are about is protecting yourself, surviving, yeah. Yeah. staying in a space that feels safe, but you can't stay there forever you know, it's, you can do it for a short time, but then you actually have to get on with life. And that is the hard part. It's it's even harder than the grief, because as you say now, what becomes my new normal? I have to find a new way of living that is still
0: acceptable, happy, good quality. And, and I want to actually live this life. And that's the thing. What's the new normal for you now?
1: You know... If anybody had said that life would be any kind of normal after my husband passed, I wouldn't have believed them because I honestly thought it would be better to leave this earth and go to be with him than to live. It was that hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People would say to me, it does get better. Give it time. And, you know, it sounds cliche, Mm -hmm. but that's what you need. You need time. You do need a loving, supportive network of people around you, however you gather them friends, doctors, ministers, whoever you can, gather a support network around you. But then also take help from grief counselors, from psychiatrists, psychologists, doctors who are willing to listen and get you back onto a healthy path. And the other thing too is I found certainly I was not physically taking care of myself either. So I wasn't eating properly, I wasn't exercising. I even discovered I stopped breathing properly. Because I was in a constant state of tension, I actually breathed very, very shallow. So I felt dizzy all the time. I wasn't getting enough oxygen. So I even had to learn to breathe properly again. And nobody tells me if this is going to happen or how to
0: deal with it. No. (laughs) As simple as breathing. And I mean, I know I'm breathing shallow. I know. I'm aware that I'm breathing shallow because... My body, I'm very intuitive with my body and my cells, I mean it might sound strange, my cells tell me I'm not getting enough oxygen, I need to breathe. And if you're a conscious person, you would know, hold on, my whole lungs is not expanding. You know, you're like, am I breathing? Am I still alive? You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you, I'm sitting in a taxi or something traveling and I'm like, hold on, did I just breathe? I don't feel like I was breathing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I have to tell myself to take deep breaths. Exactly. Because, I mean, you breathe enough to exist, but not enough. When you breathe deeply, it also relaxes that stress and that tension. Yes. So if you learn, again, to breathe deeply, then you release that tension and you feel more relaxed. So that that's another very important thing. Just taking care of yourself. Eating properly, drinking plenty of water. Going to exercise helps to relieve that stress. Yeah. Yeah. Taking a walk. Yeah, joining
0: a group, Mm -hmm. and there are some groups for people who have lost a loved one or been through some sort of traumatic experience to share, just to share, to show you how others have managed, cope, survived, how they're living. Because you know, you said something a while ago, you were ready to jump in the grave and move on with your husband, literally, because it's an easier thing, it's easier, yes, than to be. Yeah, and to be left here to deal with anything and anyone. Come on, take the easy route out. You know, having to face and answer questions, people coming at you asking this, how are you managing? You don't want to be dealing with anybody. Yeah. And what I found too
1: is that because people very often can't see what's going on with you mentally, um, I went through a phase where I lost a tremendous amount of weight, but it was because I was actually sick. Um, and I needed some assistance with that. But because I was looking weight, losing weight, people were looking at me and saying, you're looking so good. And I'm thinking, but I feel like hell. <laughs> you know, can nobody see? You know, is there nothing even in my eyes that people can see the trauma and the pain that I'm going through? And it's not that obvious to people.
0: Yeah, yeah. You have to tell them. Wow. This is a whole rebuilding. I mean, and, and that's why I like the the... the the episode title, A New Normal. So you, the thing about it is that you cannot go back to what was. No. That's really what it is saying. You cannot go back to what was. What you knew from before, change has happened. You know, things have come about that makes you a different person. The circumstances has changed. The environment has changed. So you cannot go back to life as you know it. Yeah. So you have to create your own new normal. You have to... You have to make a new, a new life for yourself, have new friends, join clubs, interact, and do things you probably have never done before. Now that you have the time, challenge yourself, come out of your comfort zone, because clearly the, the, the whole situation has thrown you out of your comfort zone. So if you could manage that, why you can't manage anything else? Yeah, well, you know, you, what I found is that I didn't
1: want to manage anything. Uh, I just wanted to survive uh, with with as little pain as possible. So it took me a long, long time before I was interested in in getting out of my little bubble. I was in a safe space where um, I could mourn and grieve um, and just had close friends and family around me, but I didn't want to expand past that. It took me a while before I realized that I was becoming reclusive, which was not a good thing. And I'm very fortunate that my family are very encouraging and they actually almost forced me to get out of this little inner life that I was living and begin to embrace life again and give me a little bit of um, a talk, talking to a pep talk if I would be negative and say, but I don't see any hope. And they'd say, well, you'll find love again. And I would say, I can't imagine loving anybody else. <laughs> do they do
0: that I'm interested in understanding how did they get you to 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 see the possibility because there are some people who just stay in their bubble like they say and they just don't want to come out they feel safe there they're yeah. afraid of stepping out of that bubble they they just they don't want they don't want to feel that anymore they don't want to take the risk take the chance how what would you say as we closing off the show? And I'm, I want to highlight your website and your books before we go, but this is significant for persons in moving forward. What yeah. would you say to persons in regards to that, getting your family, your, your family, not getting them, they're getting you to yes. see that it's worth living again, coming out, taking that chance. What did they do to help you to see that? Well, you know,
1: my family were very supportive, very loving um, I mean, I think the first thing they did within a few months of my husband passing, they took me on a little cruise. Um, it was a, my sister and her niece and my mother and I, and we just took a little cruise up the African coast to Portuguese island. But it was a way of saying there are still things in life that you have never done, that you can do, that can bring you great pleasure and fun. and And it can be something new. It doesn't have to be what you always did before. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of things to still explore and experience and, and have a wonderful time in this life. Um, don't just think
0: that what is past was good, the future can also be good. But some people are not willing to take the chance, Barbara. Because you they're know, so comfortable in what was, they cannot imagine. Just like all you said, you cannot imagine. That you could find love again, that somebody, you know, that life could be even better if you just take the chance, better than what you know it to be.
1: Look, I think it takes a support network, which I've said, if people are fortunate enough to gather around them, friends and family who are loving and supportive, and if they also will educate themselves on how to deal with somebody who's grieving and the small steps they can take. For instance, my sister would just say to me, come and walk with me so that I would get exercise. You know, little things like that. Or or come over tonight, we're having sushi for supper, just get me out of the house. Mm -hmm. You know, so it doesn't all have to be cruises and holidays to make life better. It can be the small things. It can be a cup of coffee with a special friend. It -hmm. can be that sushi with my sister or my cousin saying, let's go and watch an action movie. I know you love action movies. So, Um, And starting new hobbies. Um, I started doing something called painting pottery. And at first I was very reluctant. I'd never done it before. I'm now so hooked on it I go twice a week. Um, Mm. But that was wonderful, wonderful therapy for me. And that was once again my family calling me out of my space and taking me somewhere that they felt could benefit me and, and that they knew I would love it. When I got going, I would love it. But the one thing you have to keep in mind is time. And um, no matter how much love and support you have around you, you have to take time to grieve yes. and then slowly start that that new life. There's there's no on off switch. It doesn't just happen overnight. It some, does take
0: time. Yeah, but, but some do. people just feel comfortable in that sad place. Yes. And Even if it takes time to grieve, I think you know there comes a point where you just you just, you just need to let the damn thing go because it's not doing you any good. And but you know, some people will take a short
1: time. Um, I mean, I know people who perhaps a year after their spouse or whoever has gone have already met someone else, got married, started yeah. a new life. Yeah. Yeah. It took me about um, two and a half, maybe three years before I felt ready um, I started doing some things to create a new normal. Mm-hmm. But as far as relationships go, I couldn't imagine anyone other than my husband. And that took me up until about a year ago to begin to imagine that that was a possibility and I could have a second chance in my life.
0: Wow. Wow. Awesome. Let me hop across to your website, Barbara. Um, let me grab a page here. Remind me your website again.
1: Um, I've got Barbara Harrison Writes
0: is my author website. Barbara Harrison, W-R-I-T-E-S. Correct. Is that .com? Uh, Yes. Oh no, it could be wordpress.com. Sorry, wordpress.com. Yes. Because it wasn't showing up there a while ago. Hmm, something is wrong here. Barbara Harrison Writes. Let me see. Let me see. Something is happening here, Barbara. Shall I have a look at, at my link? Yeah, I have the link.
1: You've got the link.
0: Yeah, just right. I just got yeah, it. To you, no, you got right. it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna share it. Thank you. There we go. Okay, that's it. Yes. <laughs> With a beautiful butterfly. Why the butterfly?
1: Um, to me, a butterfly symbolizes the change from the old life to the new life. Yes. Old
0: normal, new normal. That's right. That's right. They go through a metamorphosis sort of a thing and evolving. Yep. And it can be painful. Oh, yes, it is. I would think. I, I can't imagine what a caterpillar goes through. Um. You know, you start off as a little wormy looking thing. And, yeah. then, and, and then you go through... We don't know what's happening in the cocoon to grow no. wings. To grow wings and, and you have no idea if you're going to turn out to be a beautiful butterfly or a moth. You really have no idea. Apparently, when the butterfly comes out of that cocoon, it
1: is a struggle that strengthens the butterfly's wings. So if you were to help a butterfly out of the cocoon, they would not be able to fly. Wow. So it is that.
0: that gives them the strength to actually fly. I need to look into that process some more. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so that tells me, I'm listening to you, if somebody comes to to think, well, let me help Barbara out of her cocoon. You know, you're not giving, you're not helping her. She has to go through that struggle to be strong at the end of it. Isn't that amazing? Isn't Absolutely. that amazing? Yeah. So the, but, so, the, so the caterpillar in the process don't need help. Leave it to to go through the transition. Yes. Leave it. Leave it alone. It doesn't need help. You can support and
1: encourage. For instance, you know, people can stand on the sidelines and encourage you, and, um, but they can't actually go through the process for you. But if you have the support network and people encourage you, I think you'll fly
0: even better. Oh, love that. And so you use your experiences, like we said, in your bio, too. Yes. So in, in true fictional work, and you have this one here now, Get Out Now. Correct. Tell us a bit about that.
1: Get Out Now is based on a story about marital abuse. Mm-hmm. It is based on, on three true stories amalgamated into one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people personally who have been through this, and suffered and struggled, and much of what I have written about is based on that. It is my own story. It is a complete fiction work, but it's based on the experiences of people that I personally know who have been through marital abuse and how they have
0: coped and created a new normal. Wow. Wow. So you have that book up. Is there any other... Um, Well, I have a
1: second one in the pipeline, hopefully uh, to be published by the same publishing company, Rock Hill Mm -hmm. Publishing. Um, The second novel that I have completed is called Goodbye. And I like to write about very, very close to my heart personal subjects. Mm -hmm. And the book Goodbye is actually about a woman who is tortured with nightmares of taking her own life. Wow. Um, And I explain how she got into that situation. How she deals with it, and um, you know how she how she manages her life in a with a very
0: debilitating um, situation. That's the worst thing. That's mental torture, and, and it comes from not forgiving yourself, self forgiveness, and that's oh. something that. Oh my <laughs> god, that is another another topic for another lifetime. Yes. Because you could, <laughs> yeah, you could never get over this topic about self-forgiveness is the one thing that really if you if you if you're tortured it's about self-forgiveness i'm just letting people know it's
1: yes,
0: about
1: well, you see that in, in, in my second book that she actually had to forgive herself because she survived a horrendous event when a number of people close to her died so yeah um he had to have self-forgiveness and and that was
0: uh, her journey yeah yeah you blame yourself for a lot of things, but you have to forgive yourself. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Oh my goodness, Barbara, this has been a wonderful conversation. Your son did not have to jump into to help. <laughs> yes, he did extremely well. And I think, you know, our discussion was smooth flowing and, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I learned a lot and I hope that those who are listening or will be listening will be able to learn something and reach out to you. You know, persons who have gone through this, this type of experience like you have.
1: And, yes. if, and
0: even if you haven't gone through the experience, you know, you went through about cancer, losing someone you love. You know, you're also dealing with people in, with different type of trauma, you know, abuse, etc. So you're also vicariously living through other people, you know, um, and learning, learning as well and sharing their stories. So, yeah, using your book. welcome to contact me. Anytime. I'd love to tell persons how they can contact you. Well, they can contact
1: me through that particular website. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a Barbara Harrison writes on Facebook mm-hmm. where they can find me. Um, I'm on Twitter, Barbara Harrison writes, um, also on Instagram. So mostly
0: Barbara Harrison writes, you can find me across social media. Wonderful. And you know, that's the quickest way anybody will try and reach out to someone else. Yes. So. Yes, that's right. It must be social media. I think the, it used to be the website initially, but now it's Facebook. The first thing that comes to people, Facebook. Yes. Yeah. You want to find yes. someone, Facebook. So that's what uh, it is. But thank you so much, Barbara, for being on Between the Lines, taking the time to share your experience, being such a strong butterfly today compared to still being in a caterpillar mode. Yeah. Being a strong butterfly, you had to go through it. So whatever people may be going through now, it's for a reason. It's for a lesson. You have to learn from it. Yes, you need the support, but people cannot do it for you. It's for you. It's meant for you. Just accept that. Don't resist it. Take your time and go through it and get the support you need. Thank you so much for being on Between the Lines, madam.
1: Thank you, Corinne. It was wonderful to meet you. I'm really blessed and grateful and thankful to have this opportunity. Thank you so much. much. You're welcome, my dear.